everyone. My name is Astuti Marto Sudirjo. Welcome to Uplift My Life Today, the podcast. It is a place for you to feel inspired, excited, and more importantly, more equipped to uplift you and your life. To open up this episode, I have a very important question for you. What do you consider to be a good business? For me, a good business is one that facilitates dignity in all to grow. When I say all, I mean it is all the people who are involved in the process of producing, distributing, and consuming the services and the products. But most importantly, also the environment that is being affected by this. This episode is a story of a wonderful lady, Kanak Hirani Nautial, the founder and the owner of a company called Julahas, based in Amsterdam. Julahas is selling beautiful and modern style capes made of 100% wool to women all around the world. And I am one of their fans, obviously. (laughs) And what I find to be very exciting about Jula Has is that every purchase that you make, Kanak plants a tree in rural India in your name. Now, Jula Has is Kanak's way of balancing the most important role in her life, which is motherhood, and her deep yearning, desire, inspiration to revive and empower weaving artisan communities in India. These artisans, most of them, they are women. So essentially, this is a woman who chooses to empower herself and other women. This is a story about how in bridging motherhood and communities, the old and the new, east and west, artisan communities and the global world, ethics and fashion, consumer and environment, Kanak transforms herself, the people she's working with in Himalayan regions, and eventually the environment. And this is an episode filled with reflections to accompany every single one of you who wishes to balance between fulfilling your role as parents, creating and running a profitable business, and contributing to the community beyond the obvious. Enjoy! What I find really touching my core with what you're doing is the old and the new. I I love this ancient wisdom and methods. And when I I remember in 2007, I was traveling to Turkey and I I admire their, you know, carpets and rugs. And I bought one, which I carry with me everywhere. This is one of the things I'm keeping like this one. And, uh, And this guy in the shop was saying, 
I, we don't know how long more these people will stay because the young people, they don't do this anymore. And there are so many, you know, cheap version, not done in a, you know, with a concept philosophy and all this. And, uh, and we don't know if people would still appreciate the ancient or the old way of, of doing. And I was freaking out even then. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And I experienced the same with the revival of the old batik in Indonesia. So, okay. So this is, I'm, I'm really like, oh, thank God, you know, because it's become an in now. Everybody's wearing batik like all the time. This is also interesting. Thank God, you know, at least this one is not going to die so soon. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and that's the thing, you know, I, I, for me, I've always, I think I'm, I've been a bit old fashioned always. Like I'm, I'm an old person stuck in a, okay, now I'm middle-aged, but I, I've always been a bit like old fashioned in my thoughts. So I, I also love like Frank Sinatra, Elvis. I'll put on Dean Martin. When I want to feel happy, I put on Dean Martin. So I've always been fascinated by the old world charm, you know, whether it's uh, things that are made by hand, cooking from scratch. So I never buy anything that comes out of a jar. Mm -hmm. You know, I just feel like everything has to be, there's a process, right? There's a process and it's an organic process. I like to see how, you know, chopping the tomatoes, how does it, you know, kind of flake over time when you cook it. So the entire process, and it's the same with, with what, what I'm doing with Julahas, you know, to mm-hmm. see something from start to finish. And it's not being made in a factory where it just comes out one after the other. Yeah, yeah. There are people behind it and there are people using their hands. There are irregularities like this part. There are, yes. You know, and that's not, it's not perfect. But, yes. you know, that's the thing. That's what makes it beautiful because it's, we are not perfect as individuals. Yes. You know, in the past, why did people kind of go to, say, tailors and have things made? Because they they had little money to spend. But when they wanted to spend it, they wanted to spend it on something that would last them a long time. Definitely. So, you know, if you have a little bit, let me get the most I can. So let me get a tailor made. Let, it, let, me, let me get it made to my size. Let me choose my materials. And that's how things were done in the past. So it was very old school, but there was a logic behind it. You know, yeah. there's a logic yeah. to why things were done in the way they were done. Unfortunately, with um, trends and mass production, industrialization, a lot of these communities, at least in India, which were or- originally crafting communities, there's nobody interested in their craft anymore. And these yeah. communities are getting destroyed. They're breaking up. You know, the, the kids are going into the cities Women are left alone with, you know, raising babies. They take care of the land. Uh, They take care of their um, in-laws. The husbands have gone to look for work. It's a very sad state of affairs in a lot of villages. So my intention is that how do I keep communities together? Mm, mm. You know, how do you use old skills? And these are skills that they are genuinely good at. It's been passed through generations. There is such a beauty in that craft, you know, and imagine if it was lost to modernization. So I, the old, the old person in me kind of says, hold on to this as much, (laughs) as much as possible. And, you know, let it, let it move on, continue with, with this tradition. And I have to be patient, Astuti. I think that's another thing, you know, when I started in 2013 uh, with sustain, with my sustainable fashion brand, uh, it was different back then because what I was doing was still a very, it was niche. Yeah. Not many people 
understood handmade, sustainable, ethical, yeah. natural. People were still looking or seeking something that was trendy or, yeah. you know, cheap. But now what I was doing back then has become kind of mainstream. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm hoping that more like, like a conscious line from Zara, H&M, that used to be one rack. Now yeah. it's an entire floor almost in a lot yeah. of their stores. Yes. So I think it's interesting that that has happened. You know, that evolution has happened over time. Yes. And likewise, I think I have to be patient because what I, what I am doing right now with Julahas is by working with one artisan community or one village, I can have that small impact, but the aim is to grow that. How many yeah. such villages around the world can I work with? Yeah. How, can, yeah. how can I enable them to actually hold on to those crafts yeah. and make it reach a, a, a wider global audience? So that yeah. is, in short, what I want to do. And I know it will take time, so I have to be patient. Yes. I'm so amazed by this and I'm very touched because I, from... I noticed these things, but I don't know how to make a difference in this. You see, so so I'm so. You mad. did, you did, like by making that purchase. Okay, you. Yeah. I, I genuinely feel like the more people who buy it, and yes, I am running a business. At the end of the yeah. day, I'm not. It's not an NGO. It's, yeah. I'm not doing it for charity. I want to empower women, but I also know how can I empower the men and women and the craftspeople by giving them work. Yes. Today, I've. So when I started Julahas in October. I had to already plan. I was, I was thinking, okay, I need to keep stock. Yeah. You know, how much stock do I need? There are 10 colors or 11 colors. I added on some colors. There are 11 colors. What colors should I keep more of? What should I, should I make it to order? People are going to want Christmas gifts. Mm. And then I spoke to the, the production teams in India. And they were like, you know, we, we don't have that much to do now. So it would be great if you could give us some work. Yes. And I said, you know what? It's okay. Let me take the risk. I, yeah. I, have to have faith. So I produced yeah. 300 pieces. Yes. And I had to take that, that risk. And it was an investment for me, someone who's launching a new business. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. It's okay. And I produced 300 pieces to, to keep it on stock for yeah. people to buy as gifts for themselves. And which is why for me, every purchase, I think matters, you know, because it, it helps a, me feel confident that yes, there is, uh, you know, a possibility that people would love this product, but also for the artisans, it means that there's work yes. and that work has to be constant. It has to keep coming, keep coming so that they can afford their rent. They can pay for their kids' education. To us, it, it's a small, it's a purchase. But but it's, for a, it's big. Yeah. It's big. Yes, I understand. I understand being being an Indonesian here, and still connected to Indonesia. I know how much money goes a long way there. Twenty Swiss franc, thirty Swiss franc. It goes far. It goes really far. I spent a day with my mentor at the beginning of October, and we were talking about dignity. How when you allow people to do what they're really good at to do what they do, big or small, is allowing them to have dignity. It's really embracing them to, to have dignity. And I was really like, oh my God, I don't think about this like this. I feel like this is what your business is about. And this is why I'm really like, oh my God, I'm so excited because you are keeping the dignity that everybody should have. 
in another part of the world and allowing people like me to feel so great wearing <laughs> <beautiful> <laughs> products. <laughs> I'm so happy. Christmas I'm so comes happy. early this year for me. <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy and touched to hear that because, you know, just that makes me feel reinforced and empowered to, to move Yes, on. yes. So someone asked me, why did you choose to do it through craft or fashion? Yes. Yes. Right. I mean, you can make a difference in many ways. So they, because I said, you know, I really believed in, in, you know, I wanted to make an impact. And they said, you could have done it through charity. You could have done it in different ways. Why did you choose fashion? That was, and that was very interesting for me because I think fashion or style has been such an integral part of my life since childhood. Like I've been one of yes. those people who every time someone sees me, they say, Kanak, only you can wear that. Mm. You know, so I wear some of the, the, the craziest things, but, but I feel like style is such a way of expressing your own individuality. Yes. Uh, yourself. It's, yes. It's, it's, an, it's a means of self-expression. Yes. And I enjoyed doing that throughout my life. Yeah. And, you know, I've always been connected to, okay, how do I look? How can I create something from nothing? I used to buy um, in India, I, I'm probably in Indonesia as well, you know, from, I come from the, the time when I would go to the tailor, local tailor. Yes, yes, yes. They measure. Clip, yeah. They measure you, you take a cutting from a yes, magazine. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then you say, I want, I want this in my size. Yes. Yes, yes, so, yes. You know, and that is so common in India. And that's how I grew up. I used to take like buy a, a fabric and then I used to fold it and I used to make like two armholes and then it became a kaftan. And I was, I had that in four colors and I was like, oh, wow, I'm so trendy. I'm so fashionable. <laughs> and I loved fashion and style. So for me, connecting what I am doing now with Julahas and connecting it with one of the things that I feel so passionate about. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was... It was interesting how they both came together. Amazing. And, and for me, good business is business that uplifts dignities of all. The people who buys, the people who produce, the people who sells. After that conversation, I said to myself, now I understand what good business is. It uplifts everyone involved, including the consumer. Absolutely. That's yeah. a beautiful, I think you've put it, I couldn't have said it better. Could you share kind of like, you know, that moment? The moment when you're like, okay, now I'm going to change something now. I'm going to do something different. What is that a moment or is it a series of moments? For me, it was motherhood. Okay. That, that kind of changed things for me. Um, you know, until 2011, I was working in corporate environment in Amsterdam. So I'd yeah. moved from India where I was a journalist for an English newspaper I moved from uh, India to the Netherlands to Amsterdam in 2006. In 2011, I had my first child. That was really the moment for me because nothing prepares you for motherhood. You know, there are no manuals, there are no books. Uh, <laughs> and you just have to learn on the fly. And until then, I thought, okay, I live here in Amsterdam. There are daycares. Uh, every woman that I see is working and having a child and raising her child. And it must be quite easy to do. For me, it was one of the hardest things I have done in my whole life, which was working and having a, a child, uh, working full-time and raising my, my first daughter. 
And I said, no, I can't juggle the two because I'm not doing either justice. Mm -hmm. But I was lucky that I had the luxury of making a choice. Yes. I had, I had the ability to say, you know what, Kanak, you, you don't feel like you're doing, doing justice to either. So take a break, enjoy your time off. And it's okay. It's okay. And why was that hard for me to do, Asuti? It was because all my life, even when I was studying, I was kind of freelancing, working part-time. I was financially independent. Mm. And for me, financial independence equals self-confidence. Yes. You know, where you don't have to ask anyone for anything and you, you are kind of free to make your own choices. And that's also why I connect so much with the women artisans that I work mm. with in Jalahas because I see that when they are financially em- enabled and empowered, it gives them a sense of trust, self-trust, confidence, and the freedom to make mm. choices for their families, for themselves. And so for me, motherhood kind of changed everything because it allowed me to take some time off. And it was during that time off that I was in India, where my family lives, I would go and visit, you know, handloom fairs, thinking, okay, I'm going to bring back some beautiful gifts for my friends back uh, in Amsterdam. And it was during one such visit that I met an artisan. And I saw that he made some beautiful scarves, and I picked a few up. Yeah. And it kind of got me thinking that look at the the possibility, the world of possibilities in India. Yeah. You know, there are 7 million artisans in India. Wow. So that's, that's only an official number. Unofficially, yeah. they say 200 million. Huge community. And there are these individuals with skills that date back centuries, you know, from they've inherited it from their great grandfathers. There are villages that only are, craft, are only cra- crafting villages. And I thought, what if I become an enabler? You know, yeah. I have privilege that I live abroad. I live in a, in a place that people value quality. You know, they're not bargaining. They're not haggling over a few rupees, yeah. you know, which is what I find so unfortunate that in India, people, even with the craftspeople, you know, they're so poor, you know, that they are, what they've made is beautiful and you still haggle. So yeah. for me, I, I really wanted to see how I could connect traditional, the skills of these artisans and connect them to an audience that appreciated this craft. Yeah. So I wanted to be in a sense, like a, you know, a bridge between these two different worlds. And that's, that's really, so that whole motherhood journey allowed me some time off. It allowed me to, yeah, to ask some questions to myself, some deeper questions, which I was hoping to find the answers (laughs) to over the next few years. What you shared earlier, you love fashion. Yes. It's a number of things coming together. Nonetheless, I'm sure it's not smooth sailing, I say, was it? No, it's, I think it was, it was probably, I took a leap of faith. Mm. So, you know, I was I, with, with my, my um, uh, former business partners, we, we kind of took a leap of faith and uh, we said, you know what? We need to, to make a difference. And how do you make a difference? What we didn't realize in our early days is that the only way you can really make a difference is through design, good design. Mm. And that's where the modern comes into the old school, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, people love crafts, people love um, heritage, but 
you know, everyone has good intentions. We all want to make a difference in our own way. Yes. But you, at the same time, you also want to spend your money on something that you will use and value and love and feel proud of. And how, yes. and you have to love it. How do you love it is if it appeals to you on a aesthetic level, right? Yes, definitely. So, so aesthetically, we had to do something in order to allow the artisans to create products that would reach a wider audience. So yes. that was that learning happened. And mm-hmm. it was after that, I think that things really started to change. Mm-hmm. where we began to realize that yes people are responding to good design and i think that is the key you know without without good design aesthetics uh, a craft will remain a craft or a souvenir yeah. you know if we can if we can elevate it or take it to the next level yeah. you know and how do you do that then you can give a wider opportunity to these 7 million 200 million artisans to to really create impact at scale Yes, definitely. For me, beauty is really one of my values. I appreciate beauty. What ultimate beauty for me, and this is what your product represents for me anyways, <laughs> this is why I'm excited, is when what you are in harmony, outside and inside, the spirit of the item, the intention of the person, and the and physical aesthetic of this, it's aligned with who I am. So right. this is for me ultimate beauty, and and this is this is what I really appreciate from your product and from the intention that you put out through the everyday you taking actions for it, <laughs> learning, growing, facing fears, and stuff like this. At the end of the day, it's a cape, but for me, this means more than a cape. And yeah. and I look really pretty awesome in this cape. You look, <laughs> you look amazing. I love how you've styled it. You look fantastic <laughs> and you know and that's the thing you know what i what i love is the responses mm-hmm. that i continue to get from people who buy who make the purchase yeah. i have emails from around the world saying i have bought this item i feel so special i mean people genuinely believe in in what i'm doing and in this product you know yes. and that yes. love is i i am fascinated by it yes because i i can't believe that that a product can get such such a response, you know, yeah. from from people around the world. But that's also my intention. Like I said earlier, personal style is is has been very important to me. I believe a lot in in finding an individual style expression. Yeah. And I think what my my aim is to allow women around the world to find their individual style expression. Yes. While yeah. while feeling happy, while yeah. looking great, and at the same time knowing that they have made a positive impact on lives and on the planet. Yes. You know, so you, with, with what you're wearing, you feel fantastic. You, you look fantastic. And at the same time you are, what you are doing is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What can be better than that? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I think, I think it's very special. And for me, it's wonderful that I've been able to do it through something that I love, which is fashion. Yes. Uh, something that I feel so passionate about. And also what, what I would continue to do, because like I said, I think the impact right now is so small on lives because at the moment it's, it's a few villages, it's a few hundred artisans, mm-hmm. you know, and if that can really be taken to the level of, you know, communities, bigger, larger communities around the world, how amazing would that be? You yeah. know, crafting communities being revived, 
children not leaving in search of work, you know, staying with their parents, husbands staying with their wives. Yeah. So keeping those communities together keep, and giving them, giving them opportunities within their own surroundings, mm-hmm. you know, and making them see a new value, a renewed value in their own skills and craft. To, yeah. And that's really what I want to do, you know, and, and I think, again, the only way to do it is through good design. I see what you're saying. And sometimes I say to myself, you have this idealistic view you want to see. But I do, in a sense, from a number of angles in what you just said. One is, I understand how important family to stay together. Yes. I think from the perspective of where I'm operating (laughs) with life coaching and being a, a therapist, I can see how a lot of problems is caused because the foundation of the unit is not as strong as it could have been. And unfortunately, a lot of this is driven by economic needs. You have to go travel far to earn money, but at the the same time, you're not present in your family's life. On another angle to it is also, I, I feel like the artisan communities, when they are continuing working or using the methodologies that had been around for hundreds of years, there's a culture of oral wisdom sharing. Yes. Honestly, this is something that I'm missing in this modern life. When I, when I read your website and my mind coming up, wow, this must be nice if the community can grow again now together. And then the, the oral wisdom sharing. Yes, we have the internet, but there's so many things that can be passed on from one generation to the next one. This may come back again. This is a wish that I have. And it, it's coming from a person who has families all over the place. And also both parents passed. So this has become so obvious. I can see what you're seeing long-term. I'm rooting for you, Kanak. Thank you, Astuti. And, and I think culturally, we both come from a similar background in the sense that, you know, in Asia, families are such a tight unit. Yes. You know, you grow up with uh, joint families, with living with your grandparents. You know, everything, you don't need an invitation to go to someone's house. You just land up and you're invited to a meal. So, yes. you know, it's that, and again, you're, you know, mentioning the, the passing of traditions orally, you know, a lot of the recipes that I cook, I don't even have a book for them, but I know them by heart, by heart. So, you know, because you're, you, you heard your grandmother tell you over, yes. you know, uh, over the years, India is culturally so rich. There's so much um, beauty everywhere yes. you look. Uh, and if that beauty can can really be channelized, you know, in the right way, yes. if we can use that beauty to appeal to to a wider segment of people. And the thing is, right now with India, I'll tell you, uh, it's either very the the products that are made by craftspeople are either very crafty, yes. still, or you have a few big designers who come in and they do these one off projects and collections and that's it yeah so there's no middle path you know there's no affordable I would say affordable craft uh, handmade products or uh, artisanal made products so and I think that's what it it needs to be the the more we can make these products affordable to a wider audience I think you will also have a bigger fan following yes and and with the communities that we work with, what's been interesting is that 
a lot of the women who uh, weave at the looms, their friends see them weaving and they say, oh, wow, you're doing something and you're making, you know, you're earning a good, good living from it. Yes. And uh, you're able to afford uh, your, your children's fees. I want to learn too. Yeah. You know, how can, I, how can I do it? So you're actually passing on that whole message. Yes. It's fantastic. It's fantastic how one woman sees another and another and another. And this big community of women artisans is growing as well. So what have you perceived to be the most powerful experience or something that you actually gain from this whole journey? It's been a number of years now. And business is a business. I'm rooting for business that does good things and good things for this community. I have no problem with this. It doesn't all need to go through NGOs. So how have you changed, Kanak? Yeah, that's... (laughs) (laughs) I've changed. I would say I've changed a lot. It's been a huge journey of personal growth for me, to be honest. I've seen success, great successes. I've seen heartbreaking failures. Mm. Uh, you know, I have seen what is possible. I've seen possibilities. Yes. And, you know, that that's more from a, a business point of view, but also from a personal point of view. I think I have become more aware or more mindful of my life, how I purchase. Whenever I go to a store, the first thing I do is I look at the tag. Okay, what information is it giving me? Has it told me about where it's made? What materials are used? Is it a limited edition? Um, what is the quality of the, the tag? What is the quality of the stitching? And I spend like hours just doing that. It's, and when my sister, when my sister comes from India, she likes to go out to the stores. Yes. And I go with her very unwillingly. <laughs> and, and every time she picks up something and says, Kanak, how does this look? I tell her, you know what, Jaya, uh, have you looked at the tag? Have you looked at the stitching? What's the material? What's it made of? Is it going to be good for your skin? So I have started asking so many questions mm-hmm. because I also realized the impact of the kind of business that I do. So I am in, in the, the garment or the fashion industry, which is one of the most polluting industries. That's true. And I think by doing that, I have a responsibility. So for me, that responsibility, what does that word being responsible mean? It means, you know, making the right choices or the right decisions. Yes. And in my own way, I try to do that with my life, with the people around me. So I try to subtly influence them to choose well. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Because we can keep consuming, keep buying. But do we really need it? Of course, we don't need anything. We already have more than what we need. So how do you use what you have and use it well, extend its life? Uh, How do you repair? So I've just given my jacket, one of my most favorite jackets to the tailor to fix the zip. The zipper was broken. So I'm just thinking, would I have done that in the past? Probably not. Mm. You know, I would have gone, say, a decade ago when I was in my 30s, I would have gone and bought a new jacket because I would have said it doesn't cost so much, you know, it's yes. how much, it's not so expensive. But now I have that jacket, why would I not extend its life? Yeah. You know, so so I, I think personally, I have evolved. Yeah. It's been my own evolution. And also, I try to do that for my business. So I try to ask uh, the right, you know, not the right questions, but I try to be responsible. How can I re- reduce my wastage? Yes. How can I use only, you know, make sure that I only use natural materials? 
how can I try and reduce the plastic waste? Because yes, I do use plastic because the products have to be sent from India to me in the Netherlands. They have to be packaged in individual plastic bags, which yes. I do not like at all. Yes. But what can I do? So I have to continuously ask for alternatives. Answers. You know, yeah. alternatives are mm. looking, keep looking. That search never ends. And I will never be completely sustainable, but I can be responsible. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think, my own, I've ex, I have accepted that. This is an amazing, amazing growth <laughs> to be very yeah. mindful, definitely. <laughs> and for you, what has been the biggest challenge in this journey? Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, First, I think juggling, juggling a lot of multiple things, you know, a lot uh, as a woman who with two small children and, uh, you know, in a family where we still like to eat three warm meals every day. (laughs) I understand this. That's (laughs) cool. Like you finish cooking one meal and it's time to cook the other. The second one, yeah. I have to work. I have things to do. I have to pick up the kids. I have to how am I going to? So I'm constantly feeling like I'm juggling so many multiple elements. Yes. Uh, while still trying to run a successful business. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you know, it's, it's not easy. I, um, I go crazy. I, mm-hmm. I uh, you know, I, I do get very frustrated with myself and the few hours that I have in a day. And, yeah. and I love to, I need eight hours of sleep, Asuti. I mean, that's yeah. for me, sleep, sleep I cannot I can compromise on anything not on sleep yeah so, <laughs> rightly so rightly so <laughs> so eight hours I need you know I'm usually out by around 10 30 and then I'm up for the kid you know in the morning so that's one thing uh, but also to be patient uh, the entire um, you know my intentions are good there's a lot that I want to achieve. There's a lot of impact that I want to create, but that's not going to happen overnight. Yes. You know, even something like the design process from the time you, you have an idea or a concept that you believe in to when it is a finished product in your hand mm-hmm. can take a year, mm-hmm. you know, one whole year. And for me, uh, that whole being patient about the design process and continuing to have faith mm-hmm. that, you know, this is something that you believe in, you know, it's going to work. Trust your intuition, trust, trust your heart. Yes. And yeah. it will become what you imagine it to be, you know? So I've, I've had to learn to be patient with the, the design process and its outcomes. And also being in a startup, you tend to do a lot of it by yourself. Yes. Yes. You know, so ask for help when you can. And (laughs) don't feel bad about it. You know, it's probably a cultural thing that you don't like to ask for help. You feel like, oh, I'm I can do it all. I'm you know, I'm a woman and women are meant to multitask. No, we're not. We we're meant to be spoiled, you know, and taken care of as well. We can do it all, but I think it's nice to have somebody to support you and being so far away from our families. We have to find our own ways of, yeah, just feeling, feeling joyous about what we do. And you can only do that if you, if you have support and you, you, you know that there's someone watching your back. Do you 
you travel to India every year? Yes. Okay. As part of running a business remotely, it's essential that I also visit uh, the crafts groups that I work with. And yes, you know, I have family back in India, which makes it, you know, people think that, oh, it's a holiday, but it's never a holiday in India because... Because then I leave, I leave my kids with my parents or with my in-laws and then I travel. Yes. Uh, and uh, I make sure the partners that we work with, the artisan groups, I think it's essential that they see who I am as well. And it's a long-term partnership. So it's yeah. not like we work with one group uh, one year and another group. So I continue to work with the same artisan groups uh, over years so that you build that foundation of trust. You're working so closely with them that you're learning. Both of you are making new learnings along the way. You know, there are new challenges. There are new learnings. Uh, Spend time retraining the artisans, you know, what, what does international quality mean? How do you continue to remain up to date with your skills and with what you're doing? So you're relevant. For them, I think relevancy is very important. I also then use that time in India to to look for new opportunities. What other uh, materials, crafts, you know, can I work with? What products can I create? These uh, artisans, are they from the similar region in India or is it from different places? From different places. So I work at the moment with uh, two groups in North India in two different states of North India. Yeah. So Dev Bhumi uh, is from Uttarakhand. Uh, and it's interesting how I met them because um, when I first got married, my, my husband is from that part. He's from a region called Garhwal in India, which is in Uttarakhand. And my mother-in-law had purchased a shawl for me from their, okay. their NGO. Like they're, they're a producer company. So she had purchased a gift for me from them. And that's how I got to know that there is this community of artisans who work with wool, they work with silk, um, and they make these shawls. So, of course, that happened much later in my life, uh, that whole connection of working with them. But that's how I first knew of them. And my mother-in-law still lives in in the same area. So she also is, uh, you know, is for me assist with the production. The other group that I work with is, is called Himboth, which is from another state called Himachal Pradesh. And both of them being in the north work mostly with wool. Yeah. And that's why the capes, the two capes, the Cape Daria and the Cape Celestial are handcrafted from wool while yeah. staying beautifully designed and modern. So that, you know, those elements have to remain. And the other thing that I really love with your approach, Kanak, is you send an email saying, good choice. This sounded like you're speaking to me and you are, you were speaking to me, yes, but, this was really, <laughs> but this was really, really nice touch, really. Because the whole journey to, to the purchase is for, on my side, there was a lot of excitement already. And to have somebody coming in and say, that's a great, good choice. I know. And I started writing you. <laughs> that email has got me so many replies. I cannot tell you. But it's so nice because that's really what I, I felt, you know. Yes. I think every product on that website is a good choice. But to choose the right one for you, yeah. you know, it, it has to, because the colors, it really has to speak to you. And Correct. you found the one for you. And I'm sure that there is one for every single woman yes. out there. And maybe two or three. But <laughs> I, I was, was going to say more than one. I can tell for me. But I'm saying I started with one first. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good. And you're going to use it a lot. Yes.
and you're going yeah. to travel with it. Yes. So, I'm going to yeah. be the most stylish traveler. <laughs> yes. <the> <laughs> Not with my old hoodie. <laughs> I'm gonna look gorgeous. <laughs> I'm very blessed to be surrounded by such super women in my life. So I yeah. have my mother-in-law, I have my mom, I have my sister. Yeah. And the three of them, you know, every time they make me feel that nothing is impossible. Mm. You know, and that's so nice to to have. Just someone to to keep you on track and to keep that faith going, you know. Yes. Yeah. Say, that, you know, believe you 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 started this because you believe in it. So keep yes. at it. Yeah. Don't yeah. think don't think short term. Think long term. Yeah. You know, take your time with it. You're so blessed to be able to do this while you know being uh, being there for your children because I do I have a studio but I do work from home a lot. Yes. So I pick up my kids from school. And then I'm back on my laptop, but then I'm, I'm there for them. And I've watched them grow. I've seen them. They, they know the cape. Uh, they see the, the videos of the artisans uh, weaving the cape. And they're like, oh, is she making a cape? Oh, is that how it's made? So they, they're aware of, of these processes. And they're yeah. aware that, you know, that mom's not, is there physically a lot, but maybe she's busy. Yes. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been interesting. So how about the support of your husband? This is quite important, I find, for the success of any relationship and business, no? Absolutely. I mean, I am, like I say, I'm so lucky. I am so blessed. He is, yeah, I mean, I, I spoke about the super women in my life. Yes. <laughs> but he is really the superman in yes. my life. He is fantastic. I mean, there are, there are times that I've traveled, of course, I've left the kids, I've traveled for work, uh, gone for events, for trade yeah. fairs. And he's like, don't worry, I'll manage it all. And of course, the house is slightly chaotic when I come <laughs> back. <laughs> but that's the thing. You no know? one dies. <laughs> yeah, like, no one dies. He loves the kids. They, yeah. they have a wild time. They have far too much fun. I think I'm the serious one. He's, he's the clown in the house. So, so the house may be a mess, but the kids have had a whale of a time Yeah, and uh, everything's under control always. And he just makes me feel like, you know what, I can do everything I want. And yeah. he's there to, hand, to take care of the, the details, you know, I can just, yeah, there is such freedom in having a, a, a strong partner. Yeah. Um, you know, someone to just listen to you, someone to advise you, someone to guide you. He's, he's very good with numbers. I'm, I'm not very good with numbers. So he, we sit down every Sunday and look at the, the data and the analytics and all of that. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's, he helps me with my business as well. So really yeah. giving insights. And um, so that's been very good because I, I would say my strength, what is my strength? I'm a people person. I love people. Yeah. And that's what I enjoy doing as well. I love connecting, communicating, engaging. And he is great with numbers. So I keep telling him, you know what? Why don't you join me? <laughs> your, your corporate job, nine to five job, not my nine to five really, because it's, it's, it's a lot. Never of is nine to five, is it? Never. No, never. But you know, I keep telling him, come on, join me. Let's do this together. Yeah. Because we can, I'm, I'm convinced, you know, I'm convinced that there is, are such great possibilities mm. for all sustainable brands today. Yeah. You know? So it's not just me and I'm just one drop in the ocean. But if you look at it, 
the sustainable brands are really the brands that are going to outlive the others. Yes. Yes. The world, there is no other option for the world. We have to start looking at natural alternatives, fewer products, products that are made for, you know, made with quality to last for a long time. Definitely. Um, Products that are crafted if possible that give people uh, a livelihood or dignity like you, you know, like you so beautifully put it. Uh, And that is really where the world is moving. That's the direction the world is moving towards. Yes. So, so if we can all, I think, look at, you know, in our own small way, how do we make that impact? You know, you made that impact with one purchase. And I'm sure many of your purchases on a daily basis, you know, where, when you go into the supermarket or when you choose to not buy as opposed to buying, even that is, is intentional and mindful. Yeah. And is a contribution that I have not bought something. Yes. You have made a difference. So yeah we we are all doing our best to do it in our own individual way you know and everything counts every small action and step counts that's right would you find it fair to say it's not only it takes a village to raise a child but it takes a village to build a successful long-lasting sustainable business Absolutely. In my case, it's really been, it's been a village. It's been more than one village. Uh, And it takes, it takes communities. It takes, yeah, it takes, uh, you know, just people coming together. My whole village to wardrobe journey that you joined me on. uh, From the village, from the place where the product really starts to come alive to the time where it lands up in your wardrobe, that journey doesn't end there. Yeah. Because, you know, it continues. It has, you know, beyond the wardrobe. From then on, you can pass that on to, to someone else who would continue to love it. So yes. I think for any successful business to be a, a lasting business, it has to not think short term. Mm. And that's also the short term comes in in terms of your the product that is being created yes this product is not a short-term product it is and that's what I want to do I want to create beautiful things that are meant to last for decades to come Mm -hmm. that people can feel proud wearing because it has been so proudly created by craftspeople by villages for me all these are pieces of the puzzle that come together yeah and uh, I feel very blessed every day I, I, I always say I am so grateful for what I have, for what I've been able to do so far, for what I would like to do in the future, you know, whatever it is. I think I want, I just don't want to have any regrets yes. with what I do. Yes. I want to enjoy the journey. I want to be able to make a difference in my in my own small way and enjoy the love that people are sending me from so far and wide when they when they see the product, when they wear the product, they send me pictures. I just, yes. I'm, amazed. I'm amazed. Yes. So if you were to give yourself, your younger self advice about following the heart, making a difference, what would you say? Yeah, I think fo- following the heart, only you, you realize that when you're much older. Yes. You know? Yes. When you're younger, it's, it's really, you, you're so, yeah, conscious of everything you know so have no regrets there's a reason that we do everything that we do you know and and every action has 
has consequences. Mm-hmm. But those all contribute to our life experiences and who we are. Yeah. So the good, the bad, all of that make us who we are. So I think anything that you do, do it wholeheartedly without any regrets. Just dive into it and experience it. You know, mm-hmm. give it your best, give it your full self and enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy every single thing without any regrets. What I hear throughout our conversation, Kanak, is the word trust on so many different levels towards so many things. Trusting your heart, trusting Mm -hmm. yourself, trusting your communities, trusting the people you're working with in India. It's for me, this is like the glue that that connects everything together. Am I hearing this correctly? I I think, yeah. I mean, you say it and I think, hmm, you are right. Because that trust took a long time. Yeah. You know? It took takes a long time for you to trust in your in yourself. It takes, yeah, I think it's something that's happened now in the last year, you know, I would be honest with you. It's not, it's not, and it's not been easy. Yeah. That doubt is always, you know, comes first, but then to push that doubt away and to, to trust in what you're doing and to have faith in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, It has happened and I'm, I've embraced it. Yeah. Yeah. I've allowed myself to, to kind of, it's like, you fall backwards and you, you just allow yourself to be enveloped by it. And that's where I am at now. Yes. And, abs- and also with the trust with your community in India, because you don't see them every day. They no. don't see you every day. I feel like it's a facilitated process. I don't know if it's conscious or unconscious or both, but this is, I find this to be very important, no? It's, it's the, definitely one of the key factors and, and allows us to do what we are doing today. I also think that it happens while being available to them when they need you and also them being so open to, um, you know, to ideas, to suggestions, to feedback. I think that whole dialogue, there has yeah. to be the tr- trust comes with dialogue. Yeah. The minute you, you stop speaking to each other or you build a wall or you think you know better then that trust goes away. Yeah. So we are, we are both wanting to grow together. Yeah. You know, we both want to, and we know that we have the best intentions at heart for each other. Yes. So while, while they are producing with, you know, with their heart, I am here trying to make sure that I get uh, enough orders for them to continue to work. So we both know that we have a single goal and we can only achieve it together. They, they work extremely hard and, um, I I also, I think, let them be a lot because I give them that space and that freedom because I trust them again. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I know that that's what they're really good at. Yeah. That's, that's their, their skill. Yeah. And where they don't have the skills, that's where I need to bring my skills into play. Yeah. yeah. And yes, working remotely isn't always easy. There are a, a lot of challenges with working remotely. Technology help, helps a lot you know, with uh, WhatsApp, with uh, being able to send images, information, asking if there's a doubt. 
But sometimes what happens is that you only realize, for example, when a piece has reached your doorstep that the color is completely different from what it should have been. And then you're thinking, oh my God, how am I going to fix this? Yes. How many have you made with this color? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, those things happen and it's okay. And that's okay. You know, you have to accept it and say, okay, what have I learned from this? Let me address that and move on as quickly as possible. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So a lot of a lot of those things happen in in businesses that work remotely, and also there's a conception that people have, you know, the idea of oh my god, you work with India, that is crazy. Mm. How do you do that? Because Indians have little regard for rules and regulations. <laughs> Lord, I know it as Indonesian. <laughs> I think rules are there to be broken. This is the philosophy. <laughs> And typically India, if you ask them, you know, uh, I was supposed to get it yesterday. Where is it? They're like, yes, it was already sent. And of course, they've just started to work on it. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's called Indian Standard Time. <laughs> yeah, so we've, uh, I think we found our, our middle path with, with all the partners that we work with. We found a way of making it smooth, as smooth as possible. Yeah. And there will be surprises along the way and we just have to be prepared for that. Yeah, I think it's, it's important in all cultures when you are dealing with this kind of business where you don't see each other very often, when you require a lot of coordinations. I think relationship and trust-based relationship is super important. Otherwise, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, imagine this. I am an e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. How many people know me? I am a new e-commerce business Yes. established in 2019. If you look on the website, uh, I have 16 reviews at the moment on my page. <laughs> Just think about it. Yet I have people willing to purchase from Texas. Yeah. From an Amsterdam based brand that works with artisans in India. Think about it. I mean that if that is not trust, then what is trust? Yes. You're, you're making a purchase from a brand you've just heard about. And it's not a, a cheap purchase. Yes. It, you know, it is something that people often save up for. Yes. And you're, you're entrusting that this brand is genuinely um, doing what they say they do, uh, that I am going to get my product. That it's, so that for me is fascinating. You know, that, yeah. that trust that people believe in what I do. And they've allowed me to, to have this opportunity to serve them. Exactly. I think this is what people need to learn at school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think relationships are essential everywhere. It's not everywhere. a cultural thing. Yeah. It's life. I mean, every day, how you just, yeah, you, you have to not look at any conversation as what am I going to get out of it? You know, yeah. you have to stop looking at conversations with that perspective. people find you so at the moment i'm selling uh, online through the, mm-hmm. the website which is www.julahas.com j-u-l-a-h-a-s.com yeah but if for example somebody wants to uh, order you know, gifts amount or, yeah 
large amount, then they can always uh, reach out to me, send me an email, info at julahas.com. And then we can have a discussion of somebody wants to retail the products at their store. That's also possible. This product should reach as many women around the world as possible. Completely. Because it is beautiful. It is made with such love and by some of the most inspiring women I've ever met given their circumstances, that they can create a thing of such beauty is, yeah, is so emotional. One has to actually see it to understand it. You cannot fully understand it until you don't see it. So maybe in the future, I'm going to plan to take people on trips to the the artisan unit. So maybe that's a thing for the future. Yeah. Uh, But I think that would really tie in with what I want to do. I want to show people the village where we move. So hopefully I can do that soon. We also have a 10% discount for your... Uh, Yay! Discount. So how do they get this discount? <laughs> <laughs> so if, they, if they go to my website and if they, uh, when they're checking out, they need to put in the discount code Uplift. Uplift is the discount code. So they okay. can use the discount code Uplift and get when they're checking out and they can get 10% off on their purchase amazing thank you so much thank you so much for sharing your journey and sharing who you are kanak remember with every purchase that you make at julahas.com kanak is planting a tree in your name so when you're ready to let go your conscious and unconscious fears to make that move, to make that jump, to follow your calling like Kanak did, like I did, reach out to me for support via www.upliftmylife.today. You don't need to do this alone. In the meantime, stay inspired, take some actions, and see you in the next episode. Bye!